We'll never forget the way you thrilled the nation with your tea formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears, and let them know why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears. Bear down, the Bears. This my Bears people. Are you ready for Chicago Bears football? You are listening to the Bears Bonanza Football Podcast. Stop it! Hosted by Bull Bearded Beauties, Gal and Danny Boy. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears. Bear down! Hello and welcome to another edition of the Bears Bonanza Football Podcast. My name's Danny Boy, joined by my good old friend Samir, talking bears. Yeah, here we are at the bye week, my friend. And while we came off of a loss, it was quite the exciting and invigorating loss. I mean, really, for all intents and purposes, we should have won that game. Refs, all that stuff, it was annoying. But no, to see fields flash like that, it gives us hope, right? Gives us hope for the future. You know, it's, it's hard to know where to stand because – we might still be in the playoff hunt as a seven-win team, which is hard to get excited about. But when we see fields flashing, we know maybe there is a future with this team. So then we are kind of upbeat. But then we realize there is a lot of work to do on this roster in terms of cutting people and still having to hit with a lot of picks when we don't have actually a lot of picks in the next draft. So, you know, somewhere in the middle as a Bears fan is where I'm at, just kind of excited about the future, but really still so fearful. Where are you at, man? Yeah, it's I, I don't know if it's the middle, but it's like a different word that's escaping me right now. It's like there are, I guess, competing realities in terms of what the future of this team looks like. And I say that because this team could very easily be a five and four team and be firmly in the sixth seed um, if we just won those last two games. And I think we should have won those last two games, but for very different reasons. That doesn't change the fact, though, that this team – is due for a significant overhaul. And that's kind of what the theme of today's show is going to be. We're going to look over, you know, what is the state, what we think the state of the team is today, and then really kind of what we think needs to be done for 2023. Because I think we're both aligned here, right, Danny, that 2023, 24, and 25, that's the next Super Bowl window. It's not next yes. year. It's we're really those three years. Wouldn't yeah. you say we're in a soft rebuild? I mean, for all intents Yeah. We have to. Yes. Yeah. And now that doesn't mean that you don't try to continue winning. We're not saying tank or anything. No. Right. Because I, I think both of us think there is, if we beat the Ravens, there is, there's more than a good chance that we're going to make the playoffs because San Francisco is really the only team that concerns me. The, the Vikings are imploding, even though they beat the Chargers. Uh, poor Chargers are doing Chargers things. And uh, yeah, San Francisco, I mean, they beat the drums off the Rams. So, yeah, but and then and then yeah, Seattle not not going anywhere. I think Tate, you know, what's his name, uh, Trevor Simeon and the Saints. That's not that's not a long term fix for sure. Right. So there's just really nobody else. It's not it's not a remark on our individual quality. It's just that there's nobody else around. All right, so let's get straight into our team. Let's not talk about other teams and what their quality level is. Let's start with the running backs, Danny. I think we're both really happy with the running backs this year. What to do, though, going forward with David Montgomery? Because if we're looking at this from the frame of 2023, that means he will have been re-signed if he's still on the team and probably franchised. Is that the direction we should go in? 
or should we re-sign him? What 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 is the plan here with David Montgomery over the next two years? You think? So ultimately, I'm a bit of a nostalgist, right? I I, I I'm so sad to say goodbye to players I grow fond of, but should the franchise have some balls and do some of the tough choices, make some of those tough choices. I mean, when you've missed so much the way we've missed on draft picks and giving up draft capital, you're really going to have to really pay a lot more people than you want to, right? So do you have the luxury of keeping and giving a contract to David Montgomery? I mean, the answer is no, you don't have that luxury. Because yeah. you've made so many poor choices. I mean, and it's, I hate to even say that, but that's a reality because we don't have a lot of options because of all the misses. Yeah, I mean, and, and, I, and I kind of align here with you here, right? Because it's like, I mean, the pro case I would make is that he's such a good locker room presence. He's a hard worker. He's done everything you've asked. But then again, so have a lot of Workhorse, beast. Yeah, yeah, but so have a lot of running backs. I mean, Eno Benjamin, who the hell knew who that guy was six weeks ago? Right, uh, Khalil Herbert on our team. Right, since he started, he's the number three rusher in you know in, in the weeks that he started, just behind Derrick Henry and, and I think Delvin Cook. Right, uh, so yeah, he's you know like these guys are replaceable, and I think an elite running back. You're right, Danny. It's a luxury because you'd rather have an elite guard or a good guard or a good wide receiver or a good uh, you know defensive lineman or a good safety before you really get to running back, right? Because it just seems like running back is such a dependent position. Yeah. And I know David Montgomery has made some just really plus plays when there's nothing there. He still is able to churn. I think both of us had like a, we had a bit of a hard on when he just pushed the pile 13 yards <laughs> for a first down. Like it's impressive. It's pretty and sweet. Then, pretty there's sweet. not a lot of running backs that can do that, but like, are you going to do that 10 times a game? No, you're not going to do that 10 times a game. You're going to, you're going to be the output of whatever, the team is around you. That's what running backs are. And paying these guys, I mean, even King Henry, who's on your fantasy team, right? It was the centerpiece of your franchise team, which is was. Your fantasy team, which is now imploding. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I was in first place, everyone. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. I think I'm going to catch you. I was in like seventh place. I think I'm going to yeah, catch you, you by the end of the season. Um, I'm, I'm the... But yeah, even King Henry, who looked like he was made of freaking vibranium, you know, um, you know, he has that one little small foot break and he's done. And you wonder if he's ever going to be the same guy because it's your foot, right? So, you know, and then Dalvin Cook misses time. CMC misses time. Zeke has missed time. After these guys all got their contracts, Alvin oh, Kamara is never healthy. It's, it a sad like, you know? it's a sad reality for the running back position because they're the ones who are getting brutalized every game, right? Yeah, but especially end, Mont- Montgomery. Yeah, no, definitely him. But in the end, that position, yes, it's about the pieces around them. You can have a serviceable running back who maybe is not as dynamic, as much of an amazing workhorse as David Montgomery. But if you could find somebody who's just serviceable, who's not fumbling the ball, and you know knows the plays, could actually catch a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you could find those people. So, not not thrilled about the idea of it. But again, we don't have the luxury of resigning a guy like this, perhaps. And uh, that's just tra- the reality of it. Would you trade him then this off season, or would you just let his contract expire? Well, yeah, I mean, I think trading would definitely be amazing. But is that something that people do? Do people trade for? 
I guess if you are, you're going to get a fifth. and you have an injury. Yeah, it's hard to imagine getting more than a fourth rounder for him. But I mean, the reality is, we should probably open this with the show. But we only have a second round pick and a fourth round pick, and then a collection of, I think we have an additional four picks in in five, six, and seven. So we yeah, don't really have. I mean, like you're only really going to be looking at maybe one starter coming out of this this year's draft. Maybe the fourth round guy could be a starter as well, depending on the position. But you know, it's pretty unlikely that you're going to get starters in in the draft next year. But running back is one of those positions where you can find guys in the fifth round, like you know, ben, just... like like you know Benjamin, like you can find or, or this guy on on both or on um, sorry on. Um, uh, on New England, Barrymore was just like killing it right now, right? He was like a six round pick, right? So you can find these guys late. So to me, yeah, I think you you got to deal. I mean, it kind of sucks because he's yeah. done everything you asked, but that's just what it is. All right, receivers and tight ends, let's lump these two together. What does your ideal room look like? And the reason I bring that up is because next season, the only we only have Allen, or sorry, not Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney is the only receiver we have under contract next year. And Cole Komet is the only oh sorry, Cole Komet and uh, and and uh, my guy Horstead are the only guys that we have under contract next year. Everything else is just blank. <laughs> There's not one player there. So what does your ideal room look like? Uh, what are my options? I mean, listen, we we have to draft. I mean, we have to draft a wide receiver, right, in the early rounds, but we don't have the picks for them. I mean I, I really don't know the options. I don't, I need to look at the salary cap numbers, but you know, are we going to let Allen Robinson walk and then get a, you know, kind of a high end starter who's just like 10 to 15 million. Um, I forget the list off the top of my head, but I mean, you, do you think we're going to keep Allen Robinson? I don't think we're going to keep Allen Robinson because I think there's yeah. something more fractured there with between him and pace that we, you know, we just don't know. And maybe, and, and I think Alan Robinson's agent and Payson, the, the agents have a lot of sway yeah. on the play. And that's a right? bad, yeah. And the thing is, I, I know that there's like these intense Twitter debates and, and he reports everything back that people say on Twitter to Alan Robinson. It's like, so he's definitely egging on Robinson to, to walk. It's just kind of like an ugly situation and it's playing out week by week. You just don't see Alan Robinson making that extra leap. So in the end, it's like, yeah, I guess I don't even want you if you're not happy either. So, well, uh, I still want him. I mean, let's let's be real. Because no, of course I, I want I, him. But the thing I, is, I, but if he's not happy because like Pace has already burned some bridges, well, then you know it's not something well, that's, that's going to work. Well, that's what the money's for, though, right? If you give him twenty million dollars a year, yeah. then all is forgiven in, in in a kind of way, right? Because really. You know, the next guy, I mean, we're not going to get Devontae Adams. He's He wants something close to $30 million a year. Like, that's not oh, that's not going to be doable for us, right? The next guy is, like, guys like Chris Godwin. You know, he's probably in the $15 million range. But then at that point, are you paying Allen Robinson 20 or Chris Godwin 15 You know, I mean, to me, then just stick with Robinson. You know, because I like Godwin. I, I, I really do. I think he's a great player. Do I like him as my wide receiver one? And that's kind of the theme of this room next year. Like, I don't think Chris Godwin's a wide receiver one, two, either. I think he's the highest version of a wide receiver two that you can imagine, right? Like, he's, he's almost a wide receiver one, but he's not. And at $15 million, I need you to be a wide receiver one, right? At $20 million, I certainly need you to be a wide receiver one. Al Robinson is a wide receiver one. You know, we talked about this in the, in the preseason. We had them both kind of 
between like, you know, eight and 10, right. In terms of like where he kind of falls, right. I think PFF had him at like wide receiver four, which is a little high for us, but I think that's about right. You know, why is he not getting the, why is he not getting the targets? Well, he's, cause he doesn't get a lot of separation. His whole game is winning at the point of catch. So that's why he worked with Mitch so well, because Mitch would just, if it's one-on-one, Mitch would just let it loose because he's not open any time that you throw the ball to him. He's covered. But between the ball getting there and the receive and, and, and the DB closing, Robinson is able to kind of really craftily position his body to make the catch. That's why he works so well with Mitch. And Mitch targeted him like 300 times over the last two years, right? So that's the other reason. For Justin Fields, Justin Fields doesn't think like that. He's a system thinker. Not a system yeah. quarterback. He's a system thinker. He looks at the geometry of the entire field. That's not something that Trubisky did. That's not something that Foles, or Foles did. Foles is more of a system thinker as well. They're looking at the whole field. And they're not just going to throw trust balls to one receiver. That's the main reason. I don't think Fair enough. De- I can I don't appreciate think de- it. Yeah, I don't think he's declined as much as people say. Because on tape, he doesn't look like he's a client. He was never a good blocker. He was, he's a terrible blocker this year. He was a terrible blocker last year as well. But the effort. The, the, the thing I'm not thrilled to see the certain effort. But, yeah, listen, I, I, I get the fact that the field is not uh, targeting 10 times. And when you see that, you almost, it almost indicates that, no, this offense is not that good when you, when you need to just rely on one person. Yeah. If the system's broken and you just have one good player. But the thing is, you know, when the Bears are losing, there's like three targets to Allen Robinson. That yeah. seems absurd. And I understand maybe Robinson's not in the situation in the, in the amount of time that he has to be in this position because we had all, but still, uh, it just seems like I need to I see, see the flashes. Do you see any hope? I, yeah. I see this changing quite dramatically because over the last two weeks, he has been much more involved. And I think fields is a quick study. I mean, you look at how quickly he's developing since that Cleveland game where he was then where he is now. I mean, his, stride has changed like how he gets to his drop has changed his throwing motion is way faster than it was before his ability like his decision making in terms of like when to run and when to hold completely transformed oh, this all it. happened yep. in like six yep. seven weeks right no, so you know like yes it's the coach's job to develop the, the the quarterback but you know the student has a responsibility here as well which i think gets lost a lot when we talk about quarterbacks and things like that the quarterback actually has to have a base level of talent to coach up on, right? You can't just, you know, it's not osmosis, right? You just can't have him learn. Cole Komet now, what do you think of Cole Komet? Well, obviously it's nice to see him more involved in the offense, right? I mean, you need, so I'll take him, man. I'll take him, you know. I don't need him to be uh, Travis Kelsey. Uh, If he can get four, five receptions, uh, 50 yards a game, uh, I can be two, three first downs off a third down. I'd take it. I'm, I'm kind <laughs> of in the same boat, right? Like, I, to me, you know, at now at this point, I don't care about the draft status, right? Because I know there was a ton of players that we could have taken there. We didn't. So I don't look at the second round draft pick. But, yeah, I think he's a Kyle Rudolph minus. And if he can consistently be, you know, Kyle Rudolph minus, and maybe Kyle Rudolph plus, you know, if, if next year, right? Then I think it's fine, you know, because he's a good blocker. I don't. I just don't think he's ever going to be a good receiver, right? He's just a very clumsy runner, a very unnatural runner. And while he's really athletic in college, that level of athleticism doesn't necessarily translate to the pros, right? So I think, yeah. you know, I think people are way too harsh on him 
You know, like they're calling him a bust. That's way too harsh. He's a mid-level tight end. Listen, there's only like four really good ones in the league, right? There are maybe five, six yeah. really good we, ones in the yeah, league. Yeah, what tight ends? What right? tight ends can you count on your one hand that are consistent? Yeah, Kelsey Kittle. I mean, really, there's only a few who consistently even put up four or five receptions a game. You know, I know people. Yeah, exactly. who, yeah they get Hawkinson all of a sudden on one game, and the other game he has one catch, right? Yeah, so. but Hawkinson is one of those guys that I think is actually there, right? Hawkinson, Andrews. Waller, Kelsey, Kittle. Yeah. I guess that's it. <laughs> I don't think there's anyone else. Yeah. Um, maybe Noah Faint. I don't know. Right. But I think that's, that's really, that's really the list. So it's like, fine. He's not one of those guys, you know? Um, but if he's something, if he's, if he remains a good blocker that can run a kind of small route tree, then I'm okay. Uh, I do think we need to get another tight end in here though right i think we need to get somebody and this is why i keep saying like i wish horse in the got second round no not <laughs> in the second round yeah but <laughs> how many yeah because you know i hear this all always on twitter so we're going to address this in the draft it's like guys we only have one pick in the in the first four rounds or we have two picks in the first four rounds you know and only one in the second so like yeah maybe maybe not i think it's you know we'll, we'll get to draft talk more then right uh all right let's move on to the offensive line Tevin Jenkins rumored to become, he's practicing at least. So he has 21 days before the Bears. Well, I guess it's 14 days now for the Bears to activate him or not. Do you think he's going to play this year? And if so, do you think that changes the destiny of the team? Um, yeah, obviously it's just, you know, guesstimation. Sure, I think he is going to play. Uh, maybe not in the next few weeks, but but let's say within three, four weeks. Yeah, just to get a look at him at the end of the year, why not? And to see maybe how he flashes on that left side, which is not his strength. Um, in the end, you know, you you gave that, you know, overwhelming stat of just how how rare it is for a right tackle to switch to the left tackle position. But the thing is, so maybe they'll see him play the left tackle position at the end of the season. And if they see some bright spots, well, then maybe they'll pursue that. Or if not, they'll just go back to uh, – What's his bread and butter for next year? Um, yeah, but yeah, I think I, it will change the trajectory. Yeah, I do. Th- if, if he plays, I think because he's so talented. But I don't know what his current state is, and I think Olin Krutz highlighted it really well. Where you know, if you're on, he had Chris Williams on his show. Remember that guy? Uh, oh, yeah. He had a back issue as well. And what Chris was saying that it's like every day that you take anti-inflammatories, it takes three days to build that strength back because you're losing strength. And he came back too early and he sees that as you know he thinks Tevin Jenkins shouldn't come back this year because it's going to take you know six months for him to get his strength back because he's been on for, for three he's been on inflammatories for three months so you know I think I would love to see him play because I think he was the best you know like I've said this before at 20 if we stayed at 20 I would have picked him because I think he's the best right tackle in football I don't think you can I think the problem with him coming back is you'd have to completely reshuffle the line because you're not going to move Jason Peters away from left tackle, yeah, no. are you? I mean, like he's been so good at left tackle, he's been a, kind of a fringe Pro Bowl left tackle this year. You're not going to move him, and, and especially you're not going to move him. You're not going to move. You're not going to give reps to to Tevin Jenkins over Jason Peters when Jason Peters is working. And we've seen games where, you know, Justin Fields has got his fucking head knocked off. So exactly. yeah, we're not going to try to develop. We're going to we're going to protect. And if that means yeah. keeping the 39-year-old on that side, we should keep the 39-year-old on the side. 
A hundred percent. It's must, everything comes back to Justin Fields. Right. And like, if yeah. you look at it in that sense, it's like, yeah, sure. You're hurting Tevin Jenkins development, not putting him on the left side, but it, then again, you can't put Justin Fields in danger. And I don't think playing him at guard makes any sense either, right? Because he's not a guard. Now I think you could move Borum inside to guard and then put Tevin Jenkins at his natural position at right tackle. But then that means you, you're going to have to move either Cody Whitehair or James Daniels to center as well. So now again, like you're shuffling a lot and maybe fine. Maybe you do shuffle because this, this line isn't very good anyway. Right. So well, maybe this is for, this is the, this is the camp of the 2022 season, you know, not that we're already giving up, but you know, it's like in the end, see, this is the thing the bears really have to finally decide what that big vision is. I mean, it all goes back to the big master vision. I mean, we've never, I mean, Cody White here and James Daniel, we've been talking about it for years, them shuffling. Right. Yes. I mean, it's like, what is the vision? It's like, okay, if, if it, in the end, if it is James Daniel, it's like, then let James Daniel be in this spot for years. <laughs> but yeah. it's still shuffling the deck. I do think James Daniels is our center for the future. I do. Yeah. Um, because, yeah. you know, I, he's now calling, the, the big issue with him was that his voice was too low and nobody could hear him. But now he's the one who's calling the plays at the line of scrimmage. So like, whatever kind of, you know, shyness or whatever it was that was kind of preventing him or lack of confidence, that's gone now. And I think he, he's a natural center. He's a prototypical size for a center, you know. Um, so I think that, that, you know, I think we should put him at center and we should look at guards and free agency um, because there's a few. All right. Now, I think the two big topics we have here. Um, let's talk, before we talk about D-line, I want to talk about Roquan Smith. Okay, and here's just some numbers. I sent this to you, and I just want everybody to understand where we are. So right now, the Bears' defense is 26th in EPA per play, 22nd in passing EPA per play, 23rd in rushing EPA per play, 29th in quarterback pressure, and 31st in quarterback hurries. Okay, and this was with largely a healthy Bojack and Mac. Now, those numbers the last two weeks where the Bears have had the worst defense, um, by EPA anyway, um, you know, uh, well, actually maybe not against Pittsburgh, but against San Francisco in the games before it's very poor. And, you know, just w w what's your reflection then on, on Roquan Smith? So basically he's looking at four years, $20 million. He wants a Darius Leonard Fred Warner deal. Do you think we should pay him? What, what, uh, and, and let me, let me layer in another topic here as well. Uh, the defensive line, how many of these defensive linemen do you think are, are even going to be around in 2023? Well, so a lot to chew on there, Danny. Go take it anywhere you want to go. Yeah, I know. I, gosh, I'm just looking at the list. I'm looking at the starters. Oh, it's tough because obviously this contract is just yowza. But again, we're starting to be a void of talent on the defensive side of the ball because, I mean, Hicks is gone. Right. Hicks is the gone. Glory for days sure. are behind for sure. I mean, even a, a friendly deal or him coming in every once in a while, maybe if he really would sign for like a million, I, I guess. Um, but man, I mean, so Bilal Nichols, Bilal Nichols, Eddie Goldman, Cleo Mack. It's just like, who is our talent on the defense? I mean, who are we building this defense around? So the thing is, yeah, I don't necessarily want to pay, pay Roquan, but who are we building this defense around? Eddie Jackson, no. Um, you know, so it's like Jalen. We have Jalen Johnson and Roquan to to build around, and a few years left of Khalil Mack in his prime. What well, is Khalil Mack in his prime though? Still, you think? 
coming off of its prime, but still can maybe, I, I still like to believe, have, you know, a 12 sack season. But he hasn't had one since 2019, right? So at, at some point, you, you know, I think he still gets, 2019 was a weird year where, the, you know, he was really the only healthy guy on the line and he was getting triple teamed. He was still getting the, the pressure numbers were there, the sack numbers weren't there. 2020, though, there was a decline there. And this, this year, he had a bit of a resurgence. So I understand why you would say that. But to me, I look at it in 2023. What is a 34-year-old Khalil Mack going to be in 2023? Wow. I, you know, I, I just I, – I, I don't see it there. Now, the thing is, his contract is just untradeable. It's a $55 million dead cap number if we trade him, which, nice. you know – and it's because we just keep borrowing. Yep. Pace just keeps borrowing money f- from the future and keep giving more and more guarantees to Mack. His average deal, this is how crazy Ryan Pace is. His average deal, the, the salary value when we signed was $23.5 million a year, which is very high. But now it's $31 million a year that no, we're that's, paying him. That's ridiculous. By the because way, we just I just keep want, borrowing money no, from him, you know? And the thing is, that, by the way, on the Hogan Johns podcast uh, last week, they had Robert Mays and Nate Tice, which was an amazing episode. It was like one of the best episodes of Hogan Johns I've listened to in a long time. And I don't know if it was Robert Mays or Nate Tice. They really broke it down. Like, because everybody's kind of saying, okay, yeah, sure, Nagy's got to go, but what do you do with Pace? Uh, but in the end, they're like, no, these processes have been failures for way too long. They have been way too long borrowing against the future like this, pushing back monies later. So you're giving up draft capital. You're giving up, you're giving these contracts, these like weird, no, 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 no. You cannot continue like this because this is this is the this is the pace doctrine. This is not just something pace happens to do. This is the pace doctrine. It's not going to get any better. And ultimately, you know, you need to bring in some GM who are you going to get us draft picks and how you're going to like make the salary cap work. I, I need to hear some planning because the thing is, we're we're living out the failure right now. Yeah, no, I, I haven't listened to that 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 specific show. But Nate Tyson and Robert Mace have the best football podcast out there. Unfortunately, it, you have to have a, a, a subscription to the, the Athletic to listen to it. But it is the best by far. There's two two really smart football guys. It was it was incredible. It's a great yeah. It's great giving a plug to the Athletic uh, sponsor us the Athletic. But yeah, I think the, bringing this to Roquan Smith, and I think this is an inflection point, right? Because he does so many things well. I think he is maybe right now one of the three or four best inside linebackers in football. I think he's he's done everything that we asked him to do. Remember two years ago, there was a lot of questions about his maturity. He's oh, clearly yeah. matured into a man, a leader. You know, um, he's, he's done everything off the field, on the field that we've wanted. But I look at like the Bobby Wagner contracts that at the time he had the highest contract and they thought that they can build the defense around Bobby Wagner. Well, so this is basically 2017, 18, 19. The Seahawks had the 29th, 31st, and 26th defense in that in that time period. So I just don't know. And because Bobby Wagner, again, he's a he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's the Brian Erlacher of this generation. I just don't think inside linebacker is that important of a position. I think you could have the best inside linebacker in football. And unless you have all these other things around them, it doesn't matter. Because they can't, it's a lot like running back. Like tackles yeah, for losses is an interesting tackles for losses is an interesting stat. Like that's actually a defensive line stat because like Goldman 
has to move a guard out of the way so that Roquan Smith can get inside the hole and make a tackle for a loss. That's really a stat for Eddie Goldman. That's not really a stat for Roquan Smith, right? So when we talk, and even a lot of Roquan sacks, how many times do you see him just running through untouched, you know, (laughs) to the quarterback? Is that really him or is that somebody, is that the defensive line? Right. So when we're talking about like how to spend money, I would much rather spend that 20 million on defensive linemen than on him. Because is there a huge difference between, there is a difference of course, but is there a difference between, is there a huge 20? So he makes, he will potentially make $20 million a year. Christian Jones makes $2 million a year. Is, is there a, that much of a difference? It's 10 times the number that you're paying for Christian Jones versus Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith is definitely better. I'm not saying that these guys are close, but like, is he 10 times better? You know, like, and I think that's the kind of way that I frame it. And I think you could get, if you can get like a Minka Fitzpatrick type deal for him. Now Minka Fitzpatrick plays a more premium position, but where they got a first and a second round pick. If you can get a second round pick, then I think you really have to think about moving on from Roquan, not because we want to. If you get a first round pick, that's a done deal. He's gone, right? Yep. Uh, but if you can get a second round pick, you know, I hate it. I hate the idea of losing Roquan. He's quickly become one of my <clears> favorite <throat> players. And you know, I was not, that I was always kind of concerned about him, but he's become one of my favorite players because yep. he's done everything. But I can't spend $100 that's million dollars there, though. You are going to have to spend your way out of so much of the problems the Bears have created for yourself because, you, you know, you're not having a bunch of talent come in from college, right? So, yeah, do you have the luxury for that position? And, again, this is one of those where I'm like, oh, God, we'd have to part ways. But, you know, in the end, when you've made terrible choices and you've had terrible processes and you've, you know, neglected to, to – uh, you know, retain draft capital and you've just given it away so easily. Yeah, we have to pay. We have to pay people to come in here. There's so many positions that we need to fill, right? We need to we need to fill uh, the second safety position, the second cornerback, slot corner, right? I mean, <laughs> the inside linebacker, I would love, you know, maybe, I don't know, Alex Ogletree, Christian Jones. But the thing is, yeah, also Hicks is going to be gone. We have a, we have a lot of deficiencies. And I too. So it's like, great, we, you know, we can just hope that we get like five more fifth round picks, but how many times, how many draft seasons do we have to be like this? We're like, oh man, Pace really has to hit five people again in that fifth round. Pace yeah, I mean, good in this last off season, but it's just like, it, it's catching up with us already. It's too little too late. I mean, I think yeah. in 23, if we look at 2023 as the kind of framework, right? I only see like a broken down 34 year old Khalil Mack on this team. Like, I don't think for sure Hicks is not going to be on the team. It's unlikely that Nichols is going to be on the team because he's good enough to get a $10 million a year deal somewhere. But again, like we have mismanaged the cap so badly. Are you going to pay, you know, a a slightly above league average uh, end, which is not a premium position. Are you going to pay him 10 million? I don't think so. So I think he's gone. Eddie Goldman will be gone. Um, we don't really have a uh, you know the, the the another guy there. Then and and then Quinn, you know he'll be gone too, right? In twenty in two years, there's no way he's going to be on the team. So it's just really an old broken down Khalil Mack that you're looking at for twenty three and nobody else. You know Travis Gibson. It was a nice hope story. Kyrie Tonga. That was a nice hope story. 
but they have blown off the ball um, when they play starters, right? Especially Tongo. And we don't talk about Tongo that much because he plays on the inside. But, you know, I watch him carefully because I thought, wow, if, if we get a starter from the seventh round, which is where Tongo was drafted, that's impressive. But, you know, he's playing like a seventh rounder. He's a strong guy, yeah. no technique. Just we're gets in trouble. beaten Jesus. back. Just gets beaten no, back every time, right? We need, so, things, we need to trade, by the way, going into this draft, whether it's pace or not, you need orders from Virginia herself. Like, there will be no trading up. There will be no trading up. Absolutely not. Like, you will not trade up. You, you do not have my permission to trade up. I encourage you to trade down. We need to recoup a lot of draft picks. I mean, it's it's ridiculous how deficient this roster is going to be. Yeah, I mean, I, this is what I think. Because I, I, I think there's still a lot of pace supporters out there. I don't think they understand the fall that's coming. Right. Uh, and they, they see that you have 30 million, but then they in, in, in cap, but they only we only have 28 guys under contract. Right. So even if you do league minimum uh, salaries for the other 30 players, you're out of money. Right. And no, it's, I'm, I'm sick. And <laughs> yeah. top it off. So, like what will end up happening is like, yeah. And then you end up you, we could end up being so god awful in 2022. And then maybe we don't even get a good draft pick from that because we, we already traded those, those picks. So it's like, well, no, it's wait, we lose. We're back. No, I know, yeah. I know, no, I know, yeah. I know. Finally, we get our first round pick. No, I know. Yeah. But the thing is, ultimately, that's always where we're at. Like, you know, even if we don't win another game this year and we're like a top five pick, we, we're not top five in the first round. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, and fine, you did it for Fields, but it's not that. It's just you've done it for like everybody. You did it for freaking Adam Shaheen. You did it for David Montgomery. You, 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 don't, you shouldn't do it for a running back either. You know, you yeah. just kept doing it and doing it. Anyway, it's, it's funny that people still defend pace and they, they blame a lot of it on Nagy. But then these offensive players, whether it's Jordan Howard, Adam Shaheen, Anthony Miller, Trey Burton, um, what's the offensive lineman that we lost? Uh, Charles Leno. None of these guys have distinguished themselves outside the Bears either. Right. So don't tell me that Nagy, like, I don't like Nagy. He should be fired, I think. But don't tell me that Nagy is destroying these guys. Okay. Like, <laughs> they're not good enough anyway. Because then, why is Justin Fields developing so quickly? Why is David Montgomery developing so quickly? Right? So, like, you can't have it both ways. Like, the talent determines the quality of the, the, the plays that are being executed, you know, and all that stuff, right? It's not the coach that can just say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we're going to run this and everything's going to work out. All right. No, you're right. Final, okay, final thoughts. thoughts. Final thoughts. Justin Fields, Bears going forward second half. Let's do it in uh, like three minutes. Yeah, three minutes. I think for me, I think right now if I were ranking the quarter, the rookie quarterbacks, I would have Mac Jones first. I know a lot of people have made excuses and said, oh, it's the system. It's all this other stuff. I've seen every snap of Mac Jones. That guy is legit good. He's processing at a level that's really high. I think by the end of the season, we're going to be saying Justin Fields is the best quarterback. Because I see what I see from him in the last month, I see consistent improvement and, and not, you know, and not unsubstantial, not, not, not inconsequential improvement. I see like serious improvement, changing the plays at the line of scrimmage, being extremely vocal and saying, these are the plays we're going to run. You know, he understands his biggest strength to me is that he understands the moment. He understands that he is Justin fucking fields. He understands that he is the franchise that everything is about him and his development. And he has no patience for anybody around him who doesn't understand and is not going to align because he's going to outwork you. He's going to outsmart you. 
and you better get it. He reminds me of a young Michael Jordan, you know, uh, where, you know, he got, Michael Jordan comes to the room and he sees all, all the, all the Bulls players like doing Coke and with all these like prostitutes. And he's like, you guys are fucking losers. <laughs> like, I want nothing to do with you. And I'm going to make sure all of you motherfuckers are off the team. It's, I'm not saying that's what's happening with the bears, but there's definitely inefficiencies with the bears that it's clear. He does not tolerate. He goes to the press before Nagy gets a chance to go to the press. It's like a small thing, but he's like, no, I'm not going to allow anybody else to control my story. I'm in charge here. Get used to it. And I think that's what the attitude that a franchise quarterback needs to have. So I'm, I'm thinking he's going to be Love the best it. quarterback uh, from this rookie class. I'm not backing down from my – I think he's going to be a top 15 quarterback by the end of the season. I'm not backing down from that provocation. I, I see it. I think he's probably like quarterback 20 already, right? Uh, so um, it's not like he has a, a huge jump to go. What do you think? So second – so, okay, and then second Field. half of the season? Second half of the season, and then I'll get into yeah, I think, thoughts? I think second half of the season, we're going to win most of our games. I think – and I think we're going to make the playoffs as a seventh seed. Uh, I think we're going to beat Baltimore. I think we're probably going to lose to Green Bay again because Green Bay just looks – they look incredible. They look to me yeah, – defense, yep. Their defense – and that, that's the way you build a defense, guys. Like, you know, you don't spend a ton of money. You get good players at premium positions and cheap players everywhere else. And that's how you build a defense because most of your money is on the goddamn offense. That's how you build a championship team. Not spending a shitload of money, 65% of your cap on defense. That's a dumb way to build defense. Dumb, like, if you're going to praise Ryan Pace for that, you're an idiot. You don't understand dumb, football. Dumb. I'm sorry. Oh, he's getting worked okay. up. He's getting worked up. I love it. I love it. Final thoughts for me. Yeah, obviously, Justin Fields, baby. Right? Looked great. Building off of all these, like, previous performances, like the San Francisco and then the Steelers game. So, we're pumped. And this is all that we could really hope for. We knew last season in the offseason we were in football purgatory hell. And we know that sometimes only a franchise quarterback can be your savior. And then everything comes around there. All of a sudden, when there's a flash, free agents want to sign with you and you need to get some draft picks in there. But the thing is, you're on your way if you found your QB, which I think they did. All right. Bear down. Right. I'm going to that Ravens game. I'll be thinking of you, Danny. Bear um, down, buddy. I look forward to it. Don't get... I will always get crazy. Bear <laughs> Enjoy. down. Enjoy.